WWE Universe. Big Cass is flying solo. Roman Reigns continues to feel entitled to a universal title shot. Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt continue to fight. Kurt Angle's got a dirty cell phone full of secrets. This and more on this week's edition of the Raw Rebellion on the IRW Network. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. What a wrestling weekend it's been. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Raw Rebellion. I am your host, as always, the... Wise young Jew, the uh, Folk City hustler, Jared Kushner's Russian back channel, though I am not a lawyer, despite what many may say. Uh, I am Ross W. Berman, the fourth here on the Raw Rebellion for the IRW Network, and I am joined this week by BuzzFeed's own, by Octavarius's own, by LA's own, all the way from the West Coast, Mr. Brian Wool. Brian, how are you this evening? I am so glad to be here, Ross, but I am recovering. It has been a, a crazy week. I just got back from Las Vegas yeah, uh, you, taping a new video. You were talking to me about this uh, before we started recording. We kind of had very, uh, very different weekends. You were in Vegas. Now tell, tell our listeners why you were in Vegas. What was your reasoning? We were working on a new video. Uh, it was uh, Keith from the Try Guys and Octavarius is getting married. And uh, so we did the ultimate... Vegas bachelor party weekend and uh, it was it was quite a time and uh, and that should be coming out really soon and then uh, I got to spend my uh, hangover weekend recovering watching Great Balls of Fire and Oof. tonight's Monday Night Raw which was had no breaks there were no breaks tonight. oh absolutely this was a relentless forty eight hours in the wrestling world what did you think of uh, of Great Balls of Fire I loved it. I had so much fun. I was I was a little skeptical going into it. I thought, oh man, there's no Bailey on the card. You know, there's a lot of a lot of folks missing from this show. And I thought, man, this Iron Man match. What are they gonna do? And what a night! Every match I loved. I and you know, so uh, I saw a couple of folks on Twitter were complaining about, you know, the countout finish for the women's match, and man. you know, it's kind of the finish for the tag match whatever no it, it, the matches were great i, I loved agree. it I, I had so much fun i completely agree i've i've gotten into this routine with wwe pay-per-views where when they get to one like great balls of fire where i mean let's face it expectations were very low they had a goofy name and a very good main event and what was ultimately a solid card, but they didn't have much going into this. And while that'll make it frustrating, because week to week we have to sit here and go, well, what happened on Raw this week? Um, it still always means that when those expectations are low, they pull out a night like Great Balls of Fire or like, uh, I believe, Fast Lane. Many of the other kind of B-pay-per-views have been a lot like this lately. And I, just, I, I was blown away by what a cohesive night Great Balls of Fire was. Because it, it did, it felt kind of like a Raw, because you had weird segments like, you know, Heath Slater getting pinned uh, off camera. Or, no, Heath Slater oh, winning, I'm Heath sorry. Heath Slater won. Yeah, I mean, yeah that was Canadian my mistake. Destroyer off the top rope. Apologies, yeah, he, he won the match, but we didn't get to see the finish. And so that while that was very kind of episodic, it was still an amazing show. And then tonight on Raw, they just knocked it out of the park. There was not a thing you could really miss. Uh, boy, boy, howdy. Uh, let's, let's just get into it. Um, 
All right, let's get into the uh, the raw rebellion here. We have the results here at WrestleZone.com. They are courtesy of Lavelle Porter. Much love to Lavelle. They were in Houston, Texas tonight. Houston, one of America's biggest cities, and so why not start it off with one of Raw's biggest wrestlers? We start off in ring with Big Cass, and ooh, what did you think of Enzo versus Big Cass last night? You know, it was what it needed to be. Uh, I, I I enjoyed seeing the Gorilla Press slam to the outside. I thought that was cool. Uh, Cass needed to dominate. I feel like he could have been a little bit more physical, maybe. <laughs> You know, because uh, I, I still, it's still hard to tell who Cass really is mm-hmm. and what is really driving him. Because I don't really feel that that pain, that rage. Uh, really, that you would don't really fuel this thing. Because I mean, I I feel like this has been long overdue. You know, Cass is, has really not been saying anything the past few weeks that I haven't said in previous editions of the Raw Rebellion. Go back in the archives. I'm there saying Enzo writes checks that his uh, body can't cash. And that's what Cass is there for. And now Cass is out there. Again, tonight, it was more of the same of what we've gotten. He was basically saying, you know, Enzo was making, uh, was writing checks that his his butt couldn't cash. But at the same time, I'm loving the fire. I'm loving seeing Cass out there without Enzo to lean on. Because whether... Whether you wanted to see more from him physically last night or not, or not, tonight he was in the center of the ring, and it was just him. It was just Cass really, truly flying solo. He had his new music. He had his new tights. He had uh, a bit more of an uh, anger to him. And uh, here I'll go into uh, Lavelle's reporting. Cass stands in the ring making strange faces. Cass eventually asks the crowd how they are doing. Cass says he couldn't feel any better after he destroyed Enzo Amore last night. Because he did. He just, I mean, yes, I think it could have gotten Enzo more. Enzo got in, like, almost no offense. No, absolutely not. He was he was destroyed by the big, big man that Cass is. And rightfully so. Like, I don't want to see a competitive match between the two of them as heartbreaking as it is. Cass narrates a few still shots from the match last night. Cass notes that he threw Enzo out of the ring and out of his life. The best part of last night wasn't Cass standing over Enzo, but what happened after. Cass shows a video of Enzo being helped to the back by referees. Cass says he wants to put everyone in the back on notice. That goes from the bottom straight to the top. Everyone who may want to hop on the bandwagon, don't bother. Don't try to hop on the big Cass bandwagon now. Yeah, all you people trying to hop on the bandwagon. You had to get back on it back in December, like I did. Uh, to everyone who doubted him, <laughs> he will be the universal champion. Cass is going to hold up the title and shove it down everyone's throats. No one can look eye to eye with Cass. He is seven feet tall. The big show's music hits, and show walks to the ring. Cass and show stare daggers at each other. Cass gets in show's face and says something that is inaudible, but had to be muted, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he, he cursed at him, and show just... It seemed like there was something like that. Yeah, there yeah. were a couple of curse words tonight yeah because uh, and the show. then it was not entirely pg no this was a this was a very attitude era raw and ooh, they may mention it later in one of the segments i don't know maybe i'm spoiling something maybe i'm not you'll have to keep listening but yeah so Cass kind of curses at show as they're in each other's faces and show just headbutts Cass. he knocks him down to the floor show 
takes Cass down and Gator rolls him. And this is from Lavelle Porter in parentheses. Yes, that actually happened. Show tries to toss Cass out of the ring, but Cass crumples to the bottom rope. Show kicks Cass in the butt. Cass eventually rolls out of the ring. And I got to believe this is this is SummerSlam, right? Big Cass versus Big Show. And uh, Seems like that's the right thing to do. Feels right. Seems right. And boy, howdy, I would watch the hell out of that match. They're going to make... You know, uh, Hearing Big Show recently on uh, Talk is Jericho, it was it was really interesting uh, hearing Show talk about his career, talk about you know what it means to him right now, and I feel like this this is the type of feud that would really give him some fire. Oh, and abs- really excite him. Absolutely, especially since he got in such great shape shape for Shaq, and Shaq never showed up. Cass is much better than Shaq. I mean, this is a this is a marquee match. And I'm I'm real excited to see where this goes. And also, it it should be noted, Cass doesn't uh, wet his hair before he goes out. He he hugs Vince, but whenever Vince is around Cass, he just starts weeping over how much money he's about to make over heel Cass <laughs> over the next decade. And it gets it gets Cass's hair very wet because oh, I mean, oh, there's going to be so much money to be made with heel Cass. So much money to be made. Uh, the only thing I want is for him to stop shilling the WWE.com exclusives and instead just, like, start taking, like, videos of himself with an injured Enzo so he's, like, in the frame and everything, being real annoying about it. I want him to get, uh, I want him to get super, super heel about it. And speaking of super heels, we transition to an in-ring segment with Elias Sampson. Samson asks the crowd who wants to walk with him. Of course, they respond with utter silence. Samson says, please hold your applause until the end. Naturally, the arena is filled with thunderous claps from the crowd. As Samson tries to sing a song about Finn Balor, Balor's music interrupts, interrupts him. What do, you, what do you think of this Finn Balor-Elias-Samson feud? I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I feel like they have some really nice chemistry together. I felt like uh, keeping Samson off TV... Uh, was not really for the best. Uh, his crowd reaction this time wasn't the mega heat that he's been getting the last couple of weeks. I noticed but, that. Yeah. But you know what? He ended up having a really nice match with Finn Ballard that got a really great response. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after this one. I completely agree. I think there could have been far more of him on Great Balls of Fire. I mean, especially with that gimmick. I mean, to keep the, the musician. Or the pre-show. Exactly, but I mean to keep the musician off the Jerry Lee Lewis pay-per-view. I mean, I'm sure the estate is furious that I referred to it as that, but it was it was the Jerry Lee Lewis pay-per-view, and they hey man, they, they got paid for that song. Exactly, and they left they left the musician off it, and it just it feels like a misstep, especially with how good this next match was. It was Finn Balor, Elias Sampson, and it reminded me of that that Jinder Mahal Finn Balor match where Jinder Mahal came out of it looking like a champion contender. Like I'm. I'm I'm here in the 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 drifter's corner right now, saying like within a year, don't hinder the drifter, and he's going to be universal champion. He's going to beat Brock before Cass or Roman. Oh my God! He dude. looked. Come on, he looked great tonight. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hot take. Hey, what would have happened if I had said I don't know in January, Jinder Mahal is going to beat Randy Orton for the WWE title? You know, I I only would I I wouldn't entirely. Put that out of my head because he was uh, he was number one contender in NXT for a bit. Him and Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Whereas Elias never really competed for the NXT championship, at least not that I can remember. Did he? No, he got a lot. He got some like near shots. I think he got. He was usually like fodder in number one contender matches. But I mean, he was he was featured. I'm not I'm not saying that he has the pedigree of a Jinder Mahal. I'm simply saying that he looked very good tonight. His transition to the main roster has been superb. I mean, despite the fact that he wasn't on Great Balls of Fire and it dampened his response tonight, he's still one of the more hated heels on the roster right now, at least on oh, Raw. Yeah. It seems like him and Braun Strowman are the two like most interesting call-ups from NXT that never really held gold or were really prominent well, figures well, on Braun NXT was barely for a significant even, time. Braun was barely even NXT. He was just a rosebud. Didn't he? Didn't he ever? I he feel did, like he he did one live match, but they kept him under wraps until they finally put him with the Wyatt family because he was he was ah. a rosebud, and that was about it. Other than that. They kept him super secret. He was their, he was their Project X. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to the end of this match. Uh, Samson gets hit with a Pele kick, sling blade by Balor. Balor charges up and sends Samson into the corner with a tornado or torpedo drop kick. Balor hits the coup de grace for the win. Your winner, Finn Balor. It was a, a great match. Samson looked good. Balor looked good. Uh, this first hour, I mean, between Big Cass, the Drifter... Finn Balor, next the Hardy Boys come out. This was really, it felt like the future of Raw was in this first hour of, uh, of Monday Night Raw. Because, yeah, after the Com match... Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Completely, and with the Hardy Boys coming out as Finn Balor exits, it was, it was really a great moment. Uh, you know, kind of giving, giving Finn the rub a little bit, and then also Finn giving the rub to the Hardys, too. Uh, in the eyes of you know the the younger crowd, it was really really cool, and and then they transitioned right into the Hardys in ring segment. Yeah, and and this no is place. where the pacing starts to get really kind of quick over the course of Raw, and I, I really liked it, especially with the way the Raw set is nowadays. It had a really really good visual to it. I like the Hardys and Finn Balor together. I think they're a dynamite combo. Uh, so in the ring, Jeff says. They battled Sheamus and Cesaro in a grueling Iron Man match. First of all, I need to address it. Uh, Jeff Hardy either didn't have his gauges in or had, like, really loose, clear gauges in. It was distracting. Uh, they, <laughs> it was. He, oh, he had man. the calamari thing going on, and I couldn't yeah. kind of look away from it. They didn't walk yeah. away. They didn't walk away with the belts, and they know every team in the back thinks they are done. They think the nostalgia pop is over. Maybe they should fade away and classify themselves as obsolete. The crowd chants delete. Matt says they came out here to make a proclamation. The Hardy Boys are not going anywhere. They have just begun to make magic in the WWE universe. Even if uh, our, just in, Luke Ellis and Carl Anderson then come out and say it was them who said the Hardys were done. They aren't the Hardy Boys of old. They're just the old Hardy Boys. And the Hardys need to go elsewhere and practice their magic because Gallows and Anderson are the magic killers. Matt says they are a bit bruised and stitched up and somewhat dot, 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 broken. And the crowd went nuts. This was the biggest pop of the night was when Matt Hardy said broken. Uh, yeah, yep. Very interesting stuff. Dixie Carter, as we record this, is on the WWE Network. Uh, so interesting little... 
little things happening here on Raw. Uh, if Gallows and Anderson thinks the, the ring belongs to them, it's time to get a referee and prove it. And so next, I week, can't believe they wrestled a match. They just—they did a half an hour the night before. And Matt Hardy busted insane. his face open. You know, yeah. they did not have a—they did not have an easy thirty-minute match. You know, they didn't work a. They—they they, they worked a brutal, brutal match last night, and then they. But then again, that's kind of. In the nature of their WWE return, they showed up 24 hours after having a ladder match to have another ladder match. Yeah, but I, I mean, I want these guys to stick around for a little bit. I don't want them to explode. But that's just it. They're getting a little broken by the schedule they're keeping, and I think it's going to lead to maybe them having to go retreat for a while, maybe to a compound, maybe somewhere. It's... Now that uh, we're getting to the point where the bruises are actually showing, the scars are actually showing, and the Hardys are actually calling themselves broken, I can kind of see what they're doing because the Hardys have been working a relentless schedule for two men in the condition that they are. And I'm kind of curious to see what the back half of 2017 God. has to do with uh, with this. Um, I, I don't know what to call it other than the brutalization of the Hardys because they're not being broken. They're being brutalized. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder. Man, I, I hope you're right. I really do. That would be so brilliant and from, wonderful. From our lips to Vince's ears. All right, we'll go to the end of uh, Hardy Boys versus Gallows and Anderson. Matt lands a diving elbow to Anderson. Matt calls for the twist of fate, but Gallows kicks Matt in the back of the head. Anderson hits Matt with a running knee. Gallows and Anderson hit the magic killer on Matt. Your winners, the club, and then after the match... The Revival come out while the club are kind of celebrating on the rampway, so we get more of these overlapping tag teams. Again, great visuals. The, uh, the Revival come out, and they put Jeff Hardy in the Shatter Machine. So Jeff has been shattered. <laughs> Matt is broken. Jeff is shattered. Where is all of this going? We'll have to keep wondering, because next... More questions than answers. It's time for the Mizzies. Uh, that's right. It's Miz and his entourage basically giving out awards. And this was this was fun. What did you think of the Mizzies? Oh, my God. It was so great. And the Houston crowd really made it even better, saying, uh, you still got it to Bo Dallas. You deserve it. And all that. Oh or, my you, or you deserve it. Things yeah, like that. Oh, big, my God. It big was shout so great. Out. Big shout-out to the Houston crowd tonight. You really made the three hours a very easy watch. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. First, I like that Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas get awards, like, their second week with The Miz. Because this is what he promised. I mean, yes, he's, he's making the award show himself. It's a very Scientology move, but it's still what he promised. He was like, you're going to get awards, you're going to be A-listers, and now two weeks later they have awards. He's calling them A-listers. It's a very, uh, it's good to see Raw become the land of opportunity for once. Um, yeah, and Miz is really, he's following through. Like, what a great leader. He is, you know, someone pointed out on Twitter that, that especially with Bo Dallas going into his, like, Vietnam veteran kind of era, he kind of looks like Guido from New Japan. And so now they keep saying that Miz is Okada and it's all I can keep seeing. He's like the, the anti Okada because Okada is very kind of, uh, how do I put it? Aloof. You know what I mean? He's very, 
He's not as conniving as The Miz, but they have the same fashion sense. Um, they, they do have a similar fashion sense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, they but both... But I feel like uh, uh, Okada stands for truth, justice, and the Japanese way, you know? True, true, <laughs> whereas Miz stands for truth, justice, and the Hollywood way. Um, but anyway... Which is a beautiful way. It's a, I've, I've heard wonderful things. Someday I'll get that far west. I'm still on the, I'm on the Chicago way. It's uh, the rats are huge. Uh, anyway, so Mizzy's we have best supporting actor for the first time ever in the Mizzy's history. It's a tie, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, and then, of course, they get the next award for the most beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous sexy leading lady, and it goes to Maurice. Big surprise, but still very cool. Miz supporting. What a great the, husband. Yeah, he's support, what a great husband. Good husband, good entourage leader. He supports those around him. And then the final Mizzy is for the greatest man in the WWE. Miz opens the envelope and says, Dean Ambrose. I thought for a moment he'd moonlighted himself. Where it was, it was actually going to be Dean Ambrose winning. But then he says that he's just kidding and the winner is actually the Miz. And notes that he, unlike the Hardys, Akira Tozawa and Seth Rollins, uh... He basically, he follows through on his promises where they are basically, I guess, bold-faced liars is what he was essentially calling him, calling them all. And so then we get Ambrose running in to fight Miz and the Miz Taraj, and then Seth Rollins runs in to make the save, and we get a little S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. And if yeah, you, how about that, huh? If, if you had told me the Miz would be central to the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion in 2017, I wouldn't have even believed you last week. <laughs> I I, yeah, I what yeah. I, I don't know how to put it other than that. It's a very shocking turn in a a raw of many shocking turns. I was very impressed because uh, just the amount they've elevated Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas in that quick amount of time, where I actually believe they will be the first fodder for the Shield reunion. Wrestling is a crazy business, it man. It is. This, it's, this it's, is insane. Dare I say, it's like some kind of ultimate thrill ride. <laughs> Backstage, Ambrose runs up behind Rollins and asks him, what was that all about? Rollins says he was going to let Miz run his mouth. Or, oh, Rollins says he wasn't going to let Miz run his mouth. Ambrose tells Rollins he doesn't trust him because, of course, he doesn't. Uh, there isn't going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. And Ambrose tells Rollins to stay out of his business and walks away. So there won't be a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. Which, which by, means, of course, there yeah, will be a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. It is now legal precedent. There have been lawsuits behind it. If you say something won't happen, it means it will in the wrestling world, folks. So uh, take it from me, the not-Russian attorney. Uh, it's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, next we get Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. And Nia Jax, and I like that this is the this is seemingly the top four of the women's division on Raw right now. Sasha, Bailey, Alexa, yeah. Nia. What do you what do you think of the Raw women's division after Great Balls of Fire? I I, I enjoyed the roster, but I feel like the stories between them are, are lacking right now. Yeah, what do you think is is lacking in the stories right now uh, in the I women's really... division? I don't really care about any of the feuds. Why are are Bailey and Sasha really buddies? Like they were, they were horrible enemies before, you know. Right. Their friendship is it. It feels so weird, and I, you know, I get 
uh, Alexa and Nia, they actually are friends, uh, legit. So yep. that's fine. But uh, you know what it Bailey remi- and Sasha, I don't get. What's the deal deal with Bailey? You know, I how do- is she okay with all this? I have no. What is the deal with Bailey? That's a, she got you like know? a she got a couple cheap shots in during this uh, during this tag match. There is something going on there. But uh, what was I going to say? You know what this Bailey Sasha thing reminds me of? Do you remember a couple of years ago when it was Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns chasing the fake vacant WWE title, and like the whole year was about what good friends Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose were. That's, yeah, yeah, and they'd be like, hey, you're buying the beers yeah, after. Oh, <laughs> I'll buy the beers, bro. No problem. Yeah, they both become Vince Russo or something. But, uh, yeah, it was – this is what the Sasha Banks-Bailey thing reminds me of because I get that they're friends behind the stage, you know, them and Charlotte and uh, Becky Lynch. I get it. I do. But at the same time, now they're just really playing up the fact that, oh – these two on the Raw Women's Division, aren't they the best of friends? They sure are the best of friends. Boy, howdy. Look how great it is that these two are the best of friends. And when they're not friends anymore, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to love it. But it's like I said at the beginning. We have to sit here week by week and go, well, Sasha Banks and Bailey still friends. Alexa Bliss and Nia, still very good friends. We had a tag match tonight. That's all from the Women's Division. That's, that's what it feels like. It's a holding pattern. Yeah. They, I mean, but the wrestling has been great. They had a the the tag match itself was, oh, it was very good. Wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. But character wise, I'm like, oh, I don't know where you're going. Even last and night, I, and I'm a little worried about you know where things are going. But I, but yeah, the matches are great. I loved the match last night. The match last night, despite the countout, was it was one of the best matches of the night because I also know what a great match the next one is going to be. You know, because I I do like this Alexa Bliss. Sasha Banks rivalry. I, I like the competitive side of it, but the actual drama, and that's what WWE makes very, very clear they're invested in the drama, is a little manufactured at the moment. And I, I need something to light a fire under what could be an amazing rivalry. Because speaking of amazing rivalries, next we get a gold dust. Uh, video from Shattered Dreams production, which just look go. Go Google it. Gold Dust is knocking it out of the park with all of these. Uh, one thing I was very disappointed, though, was following it was R Truth versus Gold Dust, giving it away on free TV the first match in what I think is one of the hottest feuds in the summer. It's a clean finish for Gold Dust, which makes me uh, even more worried that this may be more about Gold Dust than about Gold Dust versus R Truth. What did you think, though, of this? Uh, Gold Dust, Gold Dust, R-Truth matchup, Brian. And I really wanted more out of that match. Right. <laughs> it reminds me of the Gold Dust Stardust feud, you know, where it, we just got the one fast lane match, and I'm sitting here on my hands going, come on, give us, give us the match. Give us the capital M match between these two. And that's how I feel about this, but Gold Dust getting such a definitive win over R-Truth makes it feel like, he may be moving on to greener pastures, which good for him, but at the same time, this feud has so much more. And, you know, I get it. Maybe it's because I won't be able to see a house show where they're probably thriving right now, but I'm the TV guy, and I want more of these two on my television. Not more of Gold Dust, don't get me wrong. Give me more Gold Dust. Always will take more Gold Dust. I want more R Truth and Gold Dust on my television set. 
And I, I hope <laughs> I hope that this is a chapter and not a short story. Yeah. And it also seemed like uh, with Miz and his missies, uh, it seemed like it was really appropriate to head towards a feud between the Miz and Goldust. I, I want to see them as a tag team. I don't want them to fight over who's the best one in Hollywood. I want them to be just the best in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Uh, I want yeah, to see- I, guess, I guess if they did that, but then, then Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel wouldn't really... Oh, no, you still, you still have them as the muscle. Still have them, too? Absolutely. Yeah. But you have, you have Goldust play. He's not in the entourage. He's their um, leather-clad Ari Gold. You know what I mean? He, he's there. He's there <laughs> for. Right. He's there for the sage wisdom and the wackiness. Even if he's not technically a member of the inner circle, he can be the Ric Flair in their evolution. That's fun. Because he does. He brings a lot to the table. And if they're not gonna, if they're not gonna squeeze everything they can out of this R Truth feud, why not uh, put him in the middle of a championship story where he can really come out looking like the legend that he is. Because, I mean, that was one thing they kept highlighting tonight is the man has never been in better shape despite the fact that he is one of the oldest men on the roster at the moment. I mean, he yeah. it's Goldust and Goldberg. They are the, they are the, the senior uh, representatives. Not to say that they're senior citizens, but they are just, they are senior. They are the... They're the elder statesmen. That's that's the word I'm looking for. They're the elder statesmen. Well, you know, statesmen. it's because Goldust is using that DDP yoga. I'm on that stuff, too, man. I got to get on that's that. That's the stuff. I got to get on that. I've been having back issues. I got to start that, that DDP yoga. It's time. It's the stuff. You'll see. I They, they might even show my bod in the Vegas video. We'll Ooh. see. I'm looking good. This is going to be an interesting video. All right, so the end of the Goldust <laughs> match. Goldust kicks out, sends Truth shoulder first in the ring post, and hits a spinning neckbreaker for the victory. Next, we get an in-ring segment where Kurt Angle tells the audience that the ambulance match got out of hand last night, which might be might be <laughs> understatement of the night. I, There's an attempted murder. Yes, but, you know, he didn't set the ambulance on fire, so technically it's still 2017's, like, second worst felony in WWE. I don't know. I mean, Braun Strowman... I get it, I get it. Yeah, I Braun Strowman still had a home after that, is all I'm saying. He may have been hurt. Yeah. He was he was walking. Um, Braun Strowman refused medical treatment last night. Okay, I take it back. That was the... Uh, biggest understatement he didn't refuse medical treatment so much as he stormed off into the stormed off into the night like frankenstein's monster i mean this was a a brutal scene last night when braun Strowman was was getting pulled out of that ambulance anyway angle says he has no idea when Strowman will return that said the show must go on angle calls the universal champion brock lesnar to the ring lesnar and Heyman walk out to the ring angle says Years ago, Lesnar beat him for the WWE Championship. Angle says he thought Samoa Joe might defeat Lesnar last night. Angle congratulates Lesnar for the win. Heyman asks Angle if there was anything else. Angle says he wanted to tell them ideas for who will face Lesnar at SummerSlam that year. Heyman says they aren't going to offer their creative services for free, and Heyman and Lesnar start to leave. And then Roman Reigns, wearing a badass new T-shirt, it's got like a white silhouette of him doing the, the Superman punch, Walks to the walks to the ring. Angle tells Heyman 
they aren't done. Angle gets in Reigns' face and tells him Reigns has a lot of nerve showing up tonight after what he did last night, R.E., almost killing a man, trying to kill a man, whatever you want to call it, attempted murder. Reigns uh, has some splaining to do. Reigns says he can't believe Angle is questioning what he did. Reigns adds that Angle should thank him for handling Strowman. Angle didn't know how to, uh, this, there's some, anyway, it's Angle, it's Lesnar, it's Reigns. Reigns is saying he deserves a title shot, despite the fact that he lost the match last night. Angle and Heyman are uh, correctly saying maybe that's not the best idea. And then Samoa Joe comes out. And so we are now in a world where on WWE Raw, you have Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns all in the same ring at the same time, and Paul Heyman. This was a, this was a sight. That was, was thrilling. Right? This was some must-see TV. It. What did you think of uh, what did you think of Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle seemingly being on the same side? Like, am I wrong, or did they see like Angle almost felt like Samoa Joe's advocate for the evening? Yeah, it felt it felt so important. Everything felt so important. It was the most important, the the final segment of Raw has felt in so long. It was great. And even, and during it, Reigns points out the fact that Heyman and Angle are from the Attitude Era. He poignantly says, you blew it all up, man. You blew everything up, which I thought was just the quote of the night for me. You were in the Attitude Era, you blew everything up. Because that's, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to describe... WWE post attitude era is trying to build from the rubble of all the car crashes. And now yeah. and now here we are, one of the guys who was I mean, don't get me wrong, Angle was an amazing wrestler in a time where sometimes matches would even go a minute. Um but he's still he's still from that era of absolute chaos and his his tenure running raw has been not the best. He has had some he's had some chaotic stuff go down. He said Cass and Enzo breakup. He's had this uh, Samoa Joe, Reigns, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar cluster muck on his hands. The man has kind of brought chaos with him to Raw. Um, and and Roman Reigns seemingly uh, called him out for it tonight. It was very, I don't know, it was interesting stuff. Anyway. It, did it feel, it felt a little improvised too. Oh, this was 100% improvised. Like, this was just. Like it felt like they really went off. And and it was it was great. It, it felt really real. Yeah, it it felt like people were just they were literally demanding attention. They were demanding the 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 time because that's how you gotta that's how you gotta get it in that ring. And it and really show just take it with the hot mic. Oh god, you it, can see like they yeah, they well, just they, go. And they it it lended a sense of urgency that Raw has never had at least in my time covering it, because it's always been... It was so nice. Yeah. It was like, oh, finally someone who knows what they're doing. For the first time, it, <laughs> for the first time it felt like a roast battle. You know, usually it feels like a, a scene, a very theatrical premise with some kind of, you know, monologue or a soliloquy. And tonight it was just, it was just back and forths and not like the fake Sorkin back and forth that people have been doing lately. It's like, it's been true men just... At the top of their intelligence, throwing barbs at each other like punches. I mean, that moment where uh, Rain says that he is—he deserves a title shot, and Lesnar says, uh, "And I'm gonna—if you're listening to this at work, I'm cursing right now. He doesn't deserve shit, boy." That was 
awesome. That was that goes back to that Heath Slater. I don't give a shit about your kids. It's just this is the Lesnar I like. This is the Reigns I like. This is the Joe I like. This is the Angle I like. This is everyone has looked the best they've looked in months tonight simply by being allowed to be themselves. Uh, yeah. It was, exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. So, so great. And then, basically, they go back and forth forever until Kurt Angle says that he that here's what's going to happen. Next week, we're going to get Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe, and the winner will get Lesnar at SummerSlam. And if they fight each other before then, it'll be canceled. And so we've got this very tense stare down between Joe and Reigns. And then it goes back to the commentary area where Corey Graves gets something on his phone. I was literally like, oh, I'll have a moment to breathe. And then Corey Graves picked up his phone and I went, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to go to the bathroom. And so they take us to commercial and come back with Graves and Angle backstage asking him if he got the same text. Angle says he thinks he has to go public with this. Angle hopes his family will support him and that he may lose his job, but he's going to go public with it next week. Graves says he doesn't think it will come to that. Ooh, buddy. Ooh, what's going on? What do you think is happening with, with Kurt Angle and Corey Graves and all of these mysterious text messages? Well, as we're getting closer and closer to SummerSlam, you wonder where the McMahon family is. And so one would assume that the McMahons are involved in these text messages. It's got to be something with Stephanie, right? I, you know... And he said, like, I love you. Well, we haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh, but you know what? Screw it, because otherwise my prediction won't work unless we get to that point. Let's talk about it. At the very end of the show, you're right. He's on the phone with someone, and he says, I love you. Goodbye. And it's whoever is involved in what's happening. So it's some kind of love affair. He does have history with Stephanie. Do you think it's Stephanie? I feel like it's got to be, right? That that makes the most sense. You know what I think makes the most sense? What's that? Kurt Angle, Dixie Carter, co-GMs in love. They will be Raw's answer to Mike and Maria Kanellis. Oh, my God. It's going to be the power of their love overcoming all of the business problems they've had, overcoming all of the spanning. Dixie will be on Raw? She's on the WWE Network while we're recording this, dude. Well, I'm not watching the network. I'm not either, but she's on the 24 special. She's very prominent in all of the advertising, and the only thing she says is, he really can just do whatever he puts his mind to. It's a very glowing... uh, a very glowing review. Oh my god! Exactly. That's really funny. Exactly, and so I'm I'm putting these two <laughs> pieces right. together. Because don't get me wrong, I think ste- yeah. I think I'm probably the crazy one, and I'm wrong, and they've thrown out these red herrings for me to pick up. Because I kind of hope you're right. I hope it's Steph. She's been gone long enough that it should be Steph. But there's just this thing in the back of my head that just sees Kurt Angle and Dixie Carter standing at the top of that stage, running raw. Like like the Clintons of the WWE, like Frank and Claire Underwood. Because let's face it, this whole thing has been very House of Cards. It's been people on their cell phones and suits. And so maybe this is building to that big Dixie Carter, Kurt Angle running raw. And then maybe Dixie Carter finds a way to, to steal power from Kurt Angle. Maybe it, Maybe this is how we end up with GM Dixie Carter. It's not as... I mean, it's pretty crazy. But like I said... 
it's very possible that the Miz Taraj will be the first fodder for the Shield reunion. So crazy is in style right now. Yeah, I man, okay. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the next thing is is like, how do we get to uh, to Kurt getting back in the ring? Uh, I don't see how Dixie necessarily leads to Kurt back in the ring, but why not? Sure. Because he will eventually have to defend her honor to the people that are obviously very pissed about the fact that she's, I mean, she's Eric Bischoff, except Eric Bischoff coming in with a significant other that can defend Eric Bischoff's uh, honor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Eric Bischoff had to do it himself. He had to be a, a, like a fighting GM, whereas I'm not saying she has to hide behind Kurt Angle, but she can definitely use him as muscle. She can yeah. definitely say if Samoa Joe has a problem with the way I'm running Raw, she can hand he can handle it with my co-GM Kurt Angle, and then all of a sudden you got Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe, you got Kurt Angle versus Enzo, yeah, Kurt Angle versus Seth Rollins versus whoever has a problem with Dixie Carter, um, and then she can ultimately throw him under the bus if uh, if they need to. They need to get him out of that. But I, I don't know. I just I see the two of them together making Raw weird again. Because Raw's getting weird. Raw's getting yeah. very weird. And it, I feel like, it's super fun. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. The, like I said, the road to SummerSlam, it's getting interesting. Speaking of interesting, cruiserweight time. Akira Tozawa with Titus O'Neil and Cedric Alexander versus Noam Dar with Alicia Fox and Neville. And this was a good match, as the Cruiserweights always have a great, fun tag match. Uh, let's see, here we go. Alexander tags in Tozawa. Tozawa kicks the rope into Neville's crotch. Tozawa hits a top rope senton. Your winners, Akira Tozawa and Cedric Alexander. And it seems the... Oni or the uh, Cedric Alexander Noam Dar thing is still going on. Akira Tozawa Neville still going on, and more importantly, Akira Tozawa and Titus O'Neil going on. What do you think of Titus O'Neil and the cruiserweights here uh, on Raw? Man, it, it really was an entertaining segment. I I really loved uh, the whole balance between all all the guys involved. Uh, I thought Akira Tozawa shined the most. I thought his personality just really shined in this match. Not only uh, that, but so did his super bright ring gear. Wow! Yes, he was he was shiny. <laughs> the man was super bright. It was a a colorful raw tonight. A lot of people had the the club even had some like yellow added to their their attire. It was a very colorful edition of raw. And uh, and I agree. I love Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil and uh, Akira Tozawa are a great pair. I hope that Titus O'Neil finds a way to just stay on 205 Live as some kind of manager slash authority figure slash whatever, because the man is the man is brimming with charisma, no matter how people backstage might view him. Uh, and then, yeah, it was just good stuff from the cruiserweights, who especially in a Raw where it feels like every segment has some really high stakes on it because of how good everything before it was. You know what I mean? This was the breather, and they still had a lot to get through, and they still had a lot of fun. In a, It was a relentless Raw, because we're getting close to the, to the main event. It's just now we've just got Seth Rollins backstage getting interviewed, not getting, he's saying he's getting involved with Ambrose and Miz when he needs to keep his eye on Bray Wyatt. And uh, cheap win isn't going to change the fact that Wyatt is just a guy that can't hang with Seth Rollins. 
than why it's in some kind of deep, dark abyss. Wyatt says he is everywhere. He promises Rollins will not deny him again. Uh, yeah, it gets a little weird because I think Wyatt is still cutting promos about his divorce. There was a lot of stuff about how there's no turning back, and uh, I don't. It never feels like it's about Seth Rollins. I don't know. What do you What do you think of this current? Man, I really wasn't thinking about it like that. But yeah, okay, that oh, makes a lot more sense. Ever, oh, geez. Si- ever since the divorce started happening, all of his promos have been about, like, you won't slander my name because, you know, he's getting dragged through the press for possibly having an affair with JoJo. It's, uh, you won't be forgiven for your sins, stuff like that. It's, it's basically why it's saying, fine, Susan, if it's over, we're not, then I'm burning down every bridge we have around us. I, I, his wife isn't named Susan, but that's just... My standard uh, getting okay. a, it's my I don't know why that's my getting a divorce name. Sure. It's always yeah. It's always either find Susan I'm burning the bridge or Susan come back. Those those are the only two divorces. Um. Anyway, we get Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. Wyatt tries to cheap shot Rollins, but Rollins catches Wyatt's hand. Uh, yeah, this is a good. Good match. I mean, it it suffers from the fact that we saw it before, especially with uh, Wyatt. Headbutting Rollins in the eye and then getting his sister Abigail uh, to win it. But what did you think of this being the the real rematch from Great Balls of Fire? Because there's always some kind of rematch, and it's this feud feels the flimsiest, and yet they're still they're still giving us Bri- uh, Wyatt versus Rollins. What did you think of this main event? Well, I really love the match. Yeah, I it's really a great match. Yeah, I don't. I can't I lie. The it's match, a- uh, the night before too. <laughs> It's the same problem I have with the women's division. I loved the matches. I loved both matches from Great Balls of Fire and the matches tonight, but the story just feels so blah. There's nothing. It's so boilerplate that I'm waiting for them to get to that second act where it's kind of defining traits will come out because right now it's just this very basic build of, I get it, Rollins, I don't know, said something about Wyatt on Twitter, and now Wyatt's getting underhanded victories over him. And I love that Wyatt's getting victories because the man has not had a... The man has had his ups and downs, so I like seeing him on the upside. But uh, it just feels... It doesn't feel uh, like the must-see TV that the rest of the night was. Like, this was not the... Joe, Reigns, Heyman, Lesnar, Angle segment. I almost wonder why that wasn't the closer, because I think that could have really generated excitement for next week. Whereas the tonight, they did generate excitement, because after the match, you get Angle on the phone with someone telling him that they love, he loves that person and hangs up. And so next week, we, we will get the big reveal of who is this love interest that is, uh, is apparently going to cost Kurt Angle his career but at the same time this match i i don't know this felt like this felt like the kind of match that they give the audience after the cameras are off because while i liked the match i've seen it before and if if the big ad is that miz and dallas and axel hit the ring to beat down rollins i'm still i don't know i still feel like i'm in this holding pattern waiting for waiting for battleground to be done so raw can start promoting itself again because that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like they were giving us a really fast-paced, relentless Raw in the name of uh, not necessarily making it clear where they're headed simply because they want to let SmackDown kind of get the shine. Does that make sense? Am I, or am I just kind of rambling? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I see that a little bit, but also, you know, they're, they're teasing that Shield reunion, mm-hmm. so we might get the Shield reunion, you know, at SummerSlam. Yeah. I don't know. I get that. I get that. Maybe I'm just. I'm. It's very possible. I'm overanalyzing it. But what'd you? What'd you think of this? This raw on the whole. I loved it. It was so fun. I loved the change in pace. It felt fresh. It felt new. It felt like people were using thing. Uh, were being used. It felt like it was a cohesive universe. It was so great. I loved this show. I agree. I can't agree more. It's just what the, a joy. Yeah. Because there are some Raws that I honestly couldn't tell if they they had took, taken place in 2014, 2015, 2017, wherever. This Raw feels like one you're going to have to point back to a lot. You're going to have to point back to Cass cutting this promo. You're going to have to cut back to the first time you had uh, Joe and Lesnar and Angle and Reigns and Heyman all in the same ring. Um, you know, it just it felt... It felt like an important night that set up important nights to come. Because I'm not tuning in next week because I have to tune in next week. I need to know who Angle's lover is. I need to know uh, what is going on with the shield. I need to know just how high the Miztourage can reach. Are they going to reach the brass ring? Are they going to reach the silver ring? Are they going to reach that coveted Illuminati gold ring? Who knows? The, the sky is the limit for Ms. Taraj, and that is what also Angle's lover, but Ms. Taraj mainly, dragging me into that next week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time for wrestling between New Japan, between Raw, SmackDown is obviously being no slouch lately. It's a, it's a good time for wrestling. And it's a good time to, to be reviewing wrestling. All right, you know, I, I feel like we've dissected this Raw. We've dissected this Raw pretty thoroughly. Brian, where can, where can people find you? Where do you want to throw people? Find me at Brian Wool on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, the whole deal. Uh, and you'll, you'll see links to my upcoming videos and whatever I have uh, on the table there uh, some some fun things coming up but yeah definitely uh, I definitely know that this BuzzFeed video is coming out soon so that'll be something to look out for cool cool and I of course at Ross W. Berman IV on Twitter RossBerman.Bandcamp.com uh, I'll be back next week for more Raw Rebellion on the IRW Network until then have a good night and thank y'all for listening <laughs>